of Jesus. Thank God He's with us. Amen. You know, sometimes you got to get bold in the spirit of faith. When Jesus went to pray for Jairus' daughter, they were laughing at Him. They were mocking Him because they didn't want the spirit of faith and the virtue to flow as it needed to flow to get that child alive again. But Jesus wasn't going to worry about people's feelings or your religious backgrounds. The prize was getting that child healed. And sometimes you got to rise up in the spirit of faith that you're not going to allow things to damper faith because the point is getting the person healed, saved, and delivered. And sometimes you got to attack your own thoughts. Sometimes you got to attack your own feelings. you got to rise up in the Lord as a mighty warrior. You've got to rise up and say the spirit of shame and the spirit of unbelief is not going to operate in my mind. and It's not going to cause me to enter into an area I don't want to enter in because that doesn't bring glory. That doesn't bring faith. God wants to raise up a spirit of faith within his people. That you're bold when you need to be bold because the spirit of Christ, he was bold in front of his gainsayers. In front of those who wanted to mock him to scorn. And he had to get it out. And sometimes there's things we've got to get out of our life. Sometimes we've got to get things away from us to focus in to what God wants us to do. Right now as we're praying and we're interceding for our country and, and, and family and different things that we may be fighting for. You've got to drown out the voices of the media and you've got to drown out the voices even of those around you that may speak negatively. And you've got to hear the still small voice of the one who whispers to the storm and commands it to be still. There is a voice that those who walk with Christ can know and understand. There is a voice that is deeper and stronger than the voices that are loud. We've got to tune into the voice of the one who calms the storm, the one who brings healing. So I want to encourage you, walk in the spirit of faith. And today I want to share with you, and this, this picture will make sense to you as we go along today. And it's amazing we finished about the spirit of a warrior. But I want to share this, this, uh, this word with you today about courage at wit's end. Have you ever been at wit's end? And I'm going to share with you, according to the definition of the word of God, what it means. But right here in Psalms 107, verse 23 through 27. It says, and this is the New King James Bible. It says, those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord. So many people have seen, you and I have seen many times in our lives the works of the Lord, but it's so easy to forget about it and, and not concentrate on it. And it says, His wonders in the deep. For He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Do you see that next part? Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel or stagger to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and at are their wits end. And I want to share the definition here. Of course, the word melted means fainting in fear. The Bible says in the end times, many of their hearts, many man's hearts will faint because of fear. But he says, well, I find faith when I come. And that's what the Lord wants to build in our life. But that word wits end. I want to give you the definition out of the Hebrew. It means having lost or exhausted any possibility of even perceiving or thinking of a way out. Wits end means I can't even perceive or see any way out of my present circumstance. Maybe some of you are there today. Maybe some watching by internet, listening to this CD. You're at your wits end. I can't even come up with an idea. I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't have any ideas. It means not to even to perceive or think of a way out. It means the end of all human ability. But how many of you know the end of human ability is the beginning of God's ability? It means the end of all human resources. No escape. No help. 
no deliverance. The word wits end means to be confused. It means to be shaken. It means all of your wisdom has been swallowed up. It means your mind has been turned blank. I know you've been there. I've been there. Where you're trying to come up with a solution. You, you come up with a blank every time. What you going to do? I don't know. My mind's just blank right now. Have you ever been to that point where it's just, your mind is just totally empty and you're trying to reach for resources and answers. You're trying to find something and there's nothing there. That's where they were. They were at their wits end. The mind has turned blank and it means I've lost control. I cannot control the situation. It's totally out of my control. But I want you to see the next verse. Look at our God. It says in verse 28, Lord help. They cried in their trouble, in the midst of the wits end. And it says, he saved them. Come on. He saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper, stilled the waves. What a blessing was the stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. You know they never thought they'd ever see life or land again. It says, let them praise the Lord. Right now, wherever you are right now, let them praise the Lord for his great love. His great love. And the wonderful things. He has done for them. He's about ready. He is able to do wonderful, marvelous, miraculous things that you, when your mind is blank and you're coming, you're not finding any results or any answers for where you are in life. His abiding great love is able to deliver you out of your distresses. Isn't that awesome? Look at Psalms 107, verse 12, verse 20. It says, some of you were sick because you lived a bad life. Your body's feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't, stand in the, you couldn't stand the sight of food. So miserable, you thought you'd be better off dead. Then you called out to God in, in, in the middle of your desperate condition. He got you out in the nick of time. He spoke the word. The King James says he sent his word and he healed you. He spoke his word. He's got a word. He spoke to my heart to speak to you today. And just one of the aspects of that will bring deliverance and will help us go to another level in our life and maturity. But he sent his word in the middle of distress, in the middle when you were pulling up blanks, in the middle where you were not finding any answers. He sent and he spoke the word that healed you. He spoke the word that healed you and pulled you back from the brink of death. Verse 18, and the King James says, you lost the desire to live. The end of the road. I have no more reason to even believe. Food makes me sick. The word destruction there is the same word, Hebrew word for hell. I was just on my way to hell and there was no way out. Some people say I'll live in hell on this earth even though I've been saved from hell of eternity. Or some people say I don't even know if I'm saved from the hell of eternity. I'm paying for the price of my sins. But even in that desperate condition, he is able to save and to heal and speak a word of healing to you to the uttermost. But there's something in all of this as I was reading this that God spoke to me. Let me read to you Isaiah 38, verse 16 and 17. It says, Oh Lord, by these things men live. How many want to live? Maybe even a different life than you've been living. Listen to what God, God, our God says. Oh Lord, by these things men live. And in all these things is the life of my spirit. My spirit man. So you will, you will restore me and make me live. Say that with me. So you will restore me and make and make and make me live. There's that resurrection power. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. 
the bitterness, the problem, the wits in pushed me to God. But you have lovingly mm, delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. You have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. And you have cast all my sins behind your back. Can somebody praise the Lord for the power, the forgiving power of Jesus Christ. You cast all my sins. Now, last week, I shared with you about Paul and some others who held on to dear life. Even when they were holding on to a piece of driftwood after the ship had been broken and torn apart. And sometimes we got to have the courage. And I shared with you about last week. And I want to share with you about one of the words. I believe it's a spoken word to help you hold on and not to give up when you feel like you're at wit's end. And I want you to write this word down. I believe the Lord told me the reason these people were in the condition they were in. And praise God. God was able to deliver them. And he is able to deliver you. But this is a special word for you. It's the word commitment. They lost their commitment to walk in the ways of God and they went on into their own ways doing things their own way and they lost the power of commitment. And by losing the power of commitment to the word that is able to heal, save and deliver, they were found themselves at wit's end because they have lost the power to commit. The power to commit is what saves, heals and delivers. You know, they say that marathon runners and I tried running with one one time and was in bed for over a week because I ended up getting bronchitis. When we lived in Argentina, but those marathon runners, they say they can run, you know, they run their 25 marathon, but when they get to about 18 to 22 miles in the marathon, they call, they hit what they call the wall, where it just like, they can't get no breakthrough. Every part of their body aches, every muscle in their body aches, every joint, and they just, everything inside of them is saying quit, and they don't even feel like they can raise their leg just one more time. They just feel like giving up when they get around that 18 or 20 second mile, and that when it kicks in, and they may be running for the cause of cancer. They're running for a good cause, but even that is many times not enough to even want to break through. But when there's a spirit of commitment, it'll go beyond your muscles tiring out and your mind telling you to quit and your body telling you to quit. There's something inside of you that when you've committed, I know in whom I've committed all these things unto him that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. There's a commitment that will keep you holding on when you, when you want to give up and when it looks like everything else around you is failing and you're pulling up empty straws and you're pulling up empty answers and it seems like nothing is going the way you desired it to but our God but our God is a God who is able to lovingly deliver and set free but there is something I want to show you that I feel God is saying but I want to speak a word to heal my people and it's, a, it's something that is very weak within my body that I want to see it become strong and I want to see my people become more than believers I want to see them become committed to the cause and the power of Jesus Christ at the wit's end is commitment that will keep you going and keep you uh, going to places where God can be involved you know, I've been married going on 28 years, and we were dated for three years. And you know what? The butterflies I felt back then, I still feel, but how many you know I don't feel them all the time? Sometimes I feel buzzards. <laughs> and she does too. The music's not always right. Sometimes I'm not always humming. What a wonderful world. Sometimes I'm wanting to hum, thank God in Greyhound, she's gone. But you know, sometimes it's just not exactly perfect. I don't always feel like I'm always in love 24-7. But I'm committed to the committed vows that I made. And it's not based upon feelings. It's based upon a commitment. And the same thing with her. I'm not the perfect man. 
I can push buttons and drive her crazy, but she stays with this old codger because she's committed. And there's a commitment to where I'm hitting a wall. And I'm going to see the delivering power of God, not because the wall is there, but the wall is going to show that I'm committed even to run through that, leap over that wall and run through that troop. There's a commitment there that keep me going. Now, a while back, I put a picture. Somebody, I put something on my Facebook, and everybody laughed and mocked. But I, but I put a picture on the Facebook, and I said, look, somebody took a picture of me in the gym. <laughs> oh, now y'all going to laugh, too. I thought maybe, I, I didn't think you'd laugh, too. Come on. I put that on Facebook. I said, who took my picture? And everybody did what y'all doing, so I love you, too. But they're camouflaged. But I want to share something with you. Okay, that's enough. That man, that man didn't take a pill and wake up like that the next day. Boy, somebody's saying, oh, no, awfully strong back over here. Uh, is that you, Jess? He took a bunch of pills. Yeah, <laughs> that's his secret. But anyway, how many you know that's not instant? That's years and years of commitment. Everybody wants to look, not everybody. I don't think you ladies look too good like that. But a lot of people want to look like that. But to look like that, you got to be committed like he was committed to have his results. And that's the thing that's lacking many times is that we got to be committed. I'm going to give you some things I felt God spoke that we need to be committed to to get the results that his word has promised us. These people who are in the storm, they got themselves in that storm. Their sins got in a place where they didn't need to be. Then they were crying out to God, but it's commitment. I read this story, and I want to share it with you about this couple that was at a, a donut shop in Texas. And they were eating their donuts, and they saw this guy sitting over there, a farmer. He had his overalls on. His wife had a little country dress. It looked like she had made herself. Finished eating their donuts and coffee. He got up to go pay. She didn't get up or nothing, and people were watching and wondering, well, why isn't she following him? After he finished paying, he went back to her, and he bent down, and he put her arms around his neck. He put his arms around her waist, and he picked her up, and her feet was off the ground, and they saw she had a body cast. A body brace and as he held on to her and she had her arms around his neck and he had his arms around her waist he walked all the way to his truck and he opened the door and he softly put her in the front seat and picked her legs up and put her seat belt on and closed the door and everybody was just real quiet and finally the waitress said now that's a man who took his vows seriously that's a man who took his vows seriously and there's been a number of people that their stories are written and told about to where their wife or their husband was sick. And many were saying, you know, why don't you just put them someplace and let them be taken care of? You're too important. You got too much to live for. There was this man, his wife, he was known, well-known writer. He had a big business. He wrote books, climbed mountains. He was a very active man, a millionaire. His wife got Alzheimer's and... They, he had a meeting and he resigned his position. And they said, are you crazy? Why are you resigning? And one of his friends came up to him and said, I've got two things to tell you. Number one, you can hire somebody to take care of your wife. You don't have to resign your job to take care of her. And he says, two, listen to me, brother. She don't even know who you are for you to resign your job. 
He says, but don't you forget, I know who she is. She may not know who I am, but I know who she is. And there's a commitment that today many times we don't want a commitment. We want to compromise. We don't want to break through the wall. We want to picnic at the wall and cry, Jesus, come. There's a commitment that will keep us going that when everything else is just saying stop and give up, I'm at wit's end. There's a commitment to say I'm not stopping just because I don't have any answers because I'm running after the one who has all the answers. And I'm not going to give up just because things are not going the way I desire them to. Genuine commitment is never half-hearted, casual. Marriage, for example, is an ongoing decision. Making a commitment enables you to grow together through the hard times. It makes it possible to overcome, to persevere, and to press in when relationships of lesser statue are torn apart. This man's wife, she became invalid. But he says, I came to love her more with her in this condition than I had knew how to love her before. One of the things I want to tell you about if you're taking notes is write down spiritual commitment. And if there's anybody who's an example of spiritual commitment, it was Jesus Christ. He was willing to leave his father and leave heaven. He was willing to become a man just like you and I are flesh. Feel all the pains and all the aches and go through everything we went through. But he had a commitment. He had a commitment to get us out of hell when we didn't deserve to be taken out of hell. He made a commitment to come and destroy the works of the devil. He made a commitment that no matter what people called him, no matter how people treated him, when they opened up his back, when they spat in his face, when they pulled his beard out with their hands, when they mocked him, and even those that he was close to, even when his own family many times doubted him and his own disciples ran away from him, he was so committed to the will of the Father and not the feelings or the emotions, but he was committed to the committed of doing the will of God. He was able to hug that cross and climb upon that cross and the Bible says that for joy he was committed with joy to pay the supreme sacrifice for you and I and when I think about how Christ was committed for me it makes me just thank God that I can be committed for him you know the salvation is called a commitment I'll give an invitation and I'll say who wants to come walk the aisle and commit their life to Christ there's a price there to be paid there's a story about a man who, wrote a t- uh, who used to wa- walk the tightrope in the late 1890s. His name was Blondin. And he got to Niagara Falls one day, and there were thousands of people on the U.S. side and the Canadian side. And they were all hollering, Blondin, 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 th- thousands, tens of thousands. And he says, I am the great Blondin. How many of you believe that I can walk this rope from Canada to the States? And everybody hollered, we believe, we believe, we believe. He says, how many can believe that I could carry somebody on my shoulders across this rope? All thousands of them. We believe, we believe, we believe. He said, okay, who's going to be the one to get on my back and let me carry them? Everybody was shouting, we believe. Finally, one man walked out and says, I believe. But I trust you too. Because you're the great Blondin. And he went and got on his back. And the man walked him across from one side to the other. There was thousands who believed. But there was one who was committed to his belief. I believe in the candidate till he starts making mistakes. 
I believe in the church or the pastor or the friends until they start making mistakes. Everywhere you go, how many believers? Oh, we're all believers. How many have faith? We have faith. But when things are not answered or changed or done right away, we're a lot of believers. All of a sudden, the cry, Jesus, Jesus. When he says, how many are willing to trust me even when the doctor says there is no hope? I want to share the scripture in Psalms 37 verse 5. What does it say? What does it say? Commit. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. Trust Him, and He will help you. I want you to see the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off commitment. Let us strip off. Let us be committed to strip off every weight that slows us down. What's slowing me down? i got to be committed taking that off. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance, commitment. Say that with me, commitment. Let us run with commitment, the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping, keeping commitment, keeping our eyes upon Jesus. Committing our eyes upon our mates. I'm committed with a vow that I will look at no other woman with lust, David said. A commitment that I will look unto Jesus, that of his example, that even though he endured what he had to endure, he was, still, he was still perfect and he was still clean and he finished a race he was committed to do. It says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured, he was committed to the cross, disregarding the shame. But now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Give up. Why? Because I'm committed. Somebody hurts your feelings? Oh, well, they will and they will again. Are you committed? Things don't go quite perfect. Am I just going to stop reading and stop praying? Stop speaking to the Father? Because things aren't going my way. Or am I committed? Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. What is my commitment? Committed because he was committed to me. We baptized last Sunday night. It showed that people were committed to the very point to where I'll give up my life and I'll give up my future because I'm going all the way for Jesus Christ. We show commitment by serving in the church. We commit by tithing and testifying. We commit inviting friends. We got guys who drive... Drive the uh, carts outside to pick up people up, and they do such a wonderful job. But just think if they would tell me, Pastor, you can count on me when it's cool and when it's not raining. But when it's hot, you need to find somebody else. No, they're committed. The worship team, Jake and Sherry, many times they'll leave here at 1, 1.15, have to be back here at 4.30, invite the worship team to come. Ushers and greeters, there are those who are committed, and those are, there are those who believe. We believe in you, Brother Marvin. But we won't be here at a quarter till. We'll be here at 30 after. We're believers, but we're not committers. Paying your tithe, witnessing, inviting friends to church, that's commitment. Saying, I'm a member of a church and not being a part of it, not tithing, not inviting, not giving your testimony. Not only is it not a commitment to the church, it's not a commitment to Jesus Christ. 
He says, you should be my witnesses to all the world. There's a commitment to pray for one another, love one another, a committed life, something that we need. One of the examples, I showed the picture of Arnold, and of course, he always makes me think of Samson. Samson had a Nazarite commitment, not to drink, not to cut his hair, and not to touch anything dead. That was a vow. It was a commitment. He started, listen now, he started hanging around with the wrong people in the wrong place. He started living a lifestyle that we're guilty of. I'll commit to you if, and I'll commit to you when. But when you do this, I'll commit. And if you do this, I'll commit. That was the type of person Samson ended up being. We received a word last Sunday morning, and the Lord spoke this word to me because of that word. He said, we received a prophetic word about an open heaven, which means the anointing and the glory of God and the presence of God that is able to change things. But you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart. Yeah, but you see, you have to be aligned or you have to be committed and walk with me to experience me. Those people said their bodies were wasted away and food had lost all of its taste because they have committed to their own ways and not to the ways of God. And for me to experience the life of God and receive all that God has for me, it's going to take a commitment on my life to strip off the sin because the sin is going to end up getting me at wit's end. My own way is going to get me at wit's end. But committed to God's way is going to get me underneath the glory and under an open heaven. Samson started hanging out with the wrong people, the wrong places. He started breaking one vow after another, after another. And you know, he ended up dying and he ended up losing the spirit of the Lord and losing his eyes. He came to wit's end, grounding grain like a mule. Because he compromised and he started hanging around with the wrong people. You need to be committed. If those people are not edifying me, then those are not the people for me. Psalms 1 talks about who we hang around with, who we fellowship with. There's something about being committed to people who build you up. Now, Samson, he came to wit's end, and he broke his commitment. But I want to talk to you about Daniel. He was committed to prayer three times a day. He was told, if we catch you praying one more time, we're going to throw you and your family to the lion's den. He didn't pray by feeling. He prayed by commitment. You'll just have to throw me and my family to the lion's den. But I'm committed to death that I will pray for Jerusalem. And they grabbed him and they grabbed his family and they threw him in the lion's den. Samson died before the enemy. Daniel came out of the lion's den. Because when you commit with all of your heart to the God who cannot fail, he will be the God who will raise you up. But one thing you've got to understand, Samson was ringing around the wrong people in the wrong places and died. Daniel hung out with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were encouraging him about his commitment. You need to walk around with people who's going to encourage you about your commitment. You need to hang around people who's going to tell you, listen, I want to tell you, you don't want to hang around those people because they do drugs. And if you hang around people who do drugs too much, you're going to end up doing drugs. You're going to go around to the bars, and you're going to start drinking. And you're going to start getting DWIs, and you're going to start getting in wrecks, and you're going to start feeling miserable. And you start hanging around people like that. You're going to start looking at that stuff you're not supposed to be looking at. Going around those places, you're not supposed to be going around. And your commitment's going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. And you're going to end up being a believer by name, but you're going to become a weak Christian by commitment. And those will always end up at wit's end. I'm empty. I'm vain. I don't have anything to hold on to. What am I committed to? How strong am I committed to? You got to learn to get around people who will encourage you. I'll give you an example. We're talking about Arnold. So you guys who work out, you know how neat it is to have a spotter. 
A spotter is when you start getting into a certain weight and you start bench pressing 350 like I do. You got you to got, you have a spotter who's right there above you when you're bench pressing and he's holding onto that bar with you. Now, he's not using his strength and you do eight of them. And you get to the point, come on, take it, take it, I can't. He goes, no, no, come on, you can do it, one more. Man, I see that hernia bulging. You're doing a good job, just come on. One more, one more. And you do one more. And he goes, okay, I can't. Yes, you can, do one more. I can't, do one more. Come on, look at you, you're looking good, come on. Okay, I'll do one more. Why? He's alongside of you saying, come on, you can, come on. We're, I'm committed to you and you're committed to this. And we're going to see something happen. There's a big difference when you run around people who say, yes, you can, instead of people saying, no, you can't. There's a big difference between somebody who's saying you'll never make anything out of your life to someone who's saying you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And he is, he is the God into rebuilding your life. You're going to be committed to God. That commitment's going to have a lot to do with what you watch, what you listen to, who you hang around with, and where you hang around at. We can confess every day, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. But a lot of it depends on how close we're walking and we're following him. Daniel was committed. Daniel lived a long life. His family ended up living a long life. Samson died. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22, it says, I love in the message, it says, so let's do it. Commitment. Say with me, let's do it. Say it like you're committed. Let's do it. Say it again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Commitment. Let's do it. Full of belief. Full of belief. Confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm. There's commitment firm. Grip on the promises that keep commitment. Keep us going. He always keeps. He's committed. His word. Let's see. How we can be an encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worship together as some do. Be committed to church. Be committed to worship. But spurring each other on. Encouraging each other. Spotting them. Especially as we see the day approaching. If we give up and turn our backs on what we've all learned. All we've been given. All the truth we know now. Repudiate Christ's sacrifice. And are left on our own to face the judgment. A mighty fierce judgment it will be. If the penalty for breaking the law of Moses was physical death. What do you think will happen if you turn on God's son. Spit on the sacrifice that made you whole. And insult the most gracious spirit. This is no light matter. God has warned us that he told us to account that called us to account and make us pay. He was quite explicit. Vengeance is mine. I won't overlook a thing. And God will judge his people. Nobody's getting by with anything, believe me. Remember those early days after you first saw the light. Those were the hard times. Knocked around in public, targets of all kind of abuse. Some days, as it, it, was, some days it was you. Other days, your friends. If some friends went to prison... Look at this. You stuck by them. Commitment. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile knowing that they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. Committed. So here we go. So don't throw it all away now. Don't stop at the wall. You were sure of yourselves then. 
is still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. You need to be committed. You need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan, no matter how hard she's trying to convince you that it's okay. It's a sin in the eyes of God and it's a sin to you. No matter how hard he's trying to convince you, those things are okay. It's a sin in the eyes of God, therefore it's a sin in in your eyes too. Stick it out. Commit to God's way. Don't throw it all away. Stay with God's plan so that you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on his way. He'll show up most any minute, but anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We stay with it. Say, we stay with it. We stay with it and survive and survive trusting all the way. We survive. What you're going through, you're going to survive it. With sin, you're going to survive it. But it's going to be through commitment. I'm not throwing it away. I'm not giving up. I'm not being moved. Colossians 3, 17, it says, Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Commitment. Keep in mind, always, the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does a shoddy work will be held responsible. But a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Amen? What am I committed to? How strong am I committed to the truth? How strong am I committed to not compromising the truth as the world is trying to make a compromise? So what do we do uh, as I get to the end of this? What do we do? Number one, you need to write this down. Make a declaration of your commitment to God. God loves, he compares heaven and earth and his church with marriage. God loves commitment. He loves vows. And he wants us to make a declaration of commitment to God. And it says in Job 22, 27, 28. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you. And you will pay your vows. You also declare a thing and it will be established for you. You need to write that scripture down and you need to say, Father, I'm not perfect. I need your grace to stand. I know I have failed in these areas. I know I've been doing some things I shouldn't be doing. But I make a commitment, a declaration to you today. I commit my mind. I commit to renew my mind. I commit to dwell and think upon the things that please you. I commit to do things that make you applaud and make you love me and watch you accept my sacrifice. It says, declare these things unto you. Job chapter 22 verse 21 says, give in to God. Give in to God. Come to terms with him and everything will turn out just fine. Come to terms with God. Everything will turn out just fine. Let him tell you what to do. Be committed to what he says. Stop fighting him. Stop fighting him with yet that you want your own way, church. Saying to God, don't fight. Let God tell you what he wants you to do. I know it may feel good and it may be good, but it doesn't have any eternal fruit. If you're putting your mate, if you're putting your family, you're putting your job or anything else, if you're worshiping anything before God, he says, you will not have two masters. I'll step out the way and I'll leave you with what you choose. Who will you follow? 
everything will turn out just fine. Let him, let him tell you what to do. Take his words to heart. Come back to God Almighty. And listen to what it says. And he will rebuild your life. He will rebuild your life. Clean house of everything evil. Relax your grip on your money and abandon your gold-plated luxury. God Almighty will be your treasure and more wealth than you can imagine. You may say here today, Pastor, I've messed up. I was committed, but I failed. I want to tell you something. You, that's why we love Peter. How many of you love Peter? I love Peter. If, if we'd have another baby, let's name it Peter. No, okay. I love Peter. You know why? He broke his commitment, but Jesus went, found him, and reinstated him and rebuilt his life. Wherever you are in your life, he wants to reinstate you. He wants to rebuild your life. You might have been doing things your way. Peter did too, and it got him in a very bad, awkward place. But you know what? Jesus found him where he was. He went after him, and he reinstated him, and he made him one of the head apostles of the New Testament. What can he do with you when he rebuilds you? Amen? Connect, connect with committed people. I want to tell you that once more. Connect with committed people. Swim with swimmers. Don't, don't go around looking for church hoppers, church shoppers, and church boppers. Easter and Christmas, I knew we were going to have a bunch of boppers, and we had over, six, we had over 600 people. We had a lot of boppers. We had a lot of chop, shoppers, and, we, and, and, but, but, and church hoppers. Where are you committed? Where are you committed? We invite you here. And I know you're saying, man, I don't like you. You're a tough preacher. Hey, the word's tough. It's the truth. It's the truth. You got to be committed somewhere. You got to be committed to some people. Well, you know, I don't know anybody in that church. Well, get committed to knowing some people. Stick around a little while. You won't starve to death. You had a big breakfast. Invite somebody to your house. Come to the different fellowships. Get involved. But don't leave here saying, I don't feel accepted. Get committed. You can't chase me away from my wife, who's not looking at me right now. <laughs> I can't get a chase. No, no, ain't chasing me away from her. And no chasing her away from me. We're committed. I'm not leaving Pineville. I got an invitation to go try for a church that's looking for a pastor last week. I ain't going. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm telling you something. You're where you're supposed to be. And if right now you feel like you're cooking in oil, turn the heat up. You'll never be overdone. God wants to make you just right. Committed. Not just believers. I could go to any church in America. How many believe in Jesus? Everybody raise their hand. I go to the White House and say, how many believe in Jesus? They'll raise their hand. But how many are committed to trust their life to him? Not many will really raise their hand. How many commit to a life of holiness? Oh, that's Old Testament word. Oh, no, it's not. It's an eternal word. Amen. Commit, submit to Christ, his word, and, and encourage. Uh, I, I shared with that. I want to show you this right here. I love this man's story, Victor Frankel. He committed. He said, we who lived in concentration camps, he was a Jew who was in a German concentration camp. 
We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number. They may be few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken away from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. It kept them alive. Church, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but if we're going to survive another century, we're going to have to be committed and stand together. We're going to have to look after each other, encourage each other, and just believe that each other will go on. A few things that you've got to commit to. Commit to renewing your mind. Commit to meditating on the word day and night. Pastor, I still haven't overcome this sin. Well, what are you committed to think about? The taste of the nicotine, the taste of the jacks or the Budweiser. Oh, oh glory. No, no, glory. That's a flag. Oh, dog. Oh, crow. Whatever it is. Huh? Oh, charter. Okay. I know you don't know that, but anyway, oh, charter. You used to know it. I, I hear you. What am I committed to meditating on? Am I a living sacrifice? I looked up the definition of living sacrifice. Do you know what that word means? Every time I say, Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice, it means I am willing to crawl on the altar and present my mind, my feelings, my emotions all over again. I'm willing to crawl on the altar. What's the sacrifice today? My feelings. I don't want to go to church because they hurt my feelings. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be married anymore. I don't want to live no more. Why? They hurt my feelings. But I'm crawling up on the altar. And I'm sacrificing my feelings. And I'm saying I don't live according to my feelings, but I live according to the word of God. I don't live according to my emotions. Here they are. Drive the knife of the two-edged sword into them. I committed. Not to me. I'm committed to you. Now that's old time preaching right there. I'm committed 365 days a year, sold out to Jesus. What makes God applaud? Now, the reason I had shared that scripture, that picture, because there's a story a lady wrote about when she was on the train in England. I'm going to finish here. She was sitting in front of two men. All of a sudden, one of them had a seizure, and he fell down, and his sweat, beads of sweat and foam was coming out of his mouth, and his buddy pulled his jacket off, rolled it up, put it under his head, was wiping his brow, was cleaning the spittle and the, and, and the vomit off of his face, and was trying to comfort him while he was having this violent seizure. And this lady said, How, what's wrong with him? What are you doing? He says, oh, he'll have four or five of these a day. He says, well, why isn't he in the hospital? Why are you attending him? He says, lady, I'm going to tell you a story. And this is the story. My buddy and I were in Vietnam together. We were both wounded. I had bullets in both my legs, and he had one in his shoulder. The helicopter that was supposed to come for us never came to pick us up. My friend picked me up, and he carried me for three and a half days through the jungle. The Viet Cong were sniping at us the whole way. He was in more agony than I was, and I begged him to drop me and save himself, but he wouldn't let me go. He got me out of that jungle. He saved my life, and I don't know how he did it, and I don't know why he did it. 
Four years ago, I found out he had this condition. I sold my house in New York. I took what money I had, and I came here to take care of him. And he looked at his friend, and he said, You see, after what he did for me, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for him. I can say that after what Jesus has done for me, there isn't any place I wouldn't go. Anything I'm not willing to go through, any type of circumstance or situation I'm willing, I, I will face it all because of what Jesus was willing to do for me. This is a strong story. And it's true. And today the challenge about getting beyond wits in and the place of giving up and being frail and fragile in the area where Christ wants to make you strong. It's going to come through commitment. I can teach on marriage and give all the secrets. The key, commitment. Good times, the bad times. With teeth, with no teeth. With hair, with no hair. Whatever it may be, I'm committed. And through the hard times, I'll learn to love you more. Amen? There was a scripture here. Come on on, Jake. Can it go reverse? It says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17, and I'll finish. It says, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and give us unending encouragement and unfailing hope by his grace, inspire you with courage and confidence in every good thing you say or do. May he inspire you with courage today. In everything you say and in everything you do. Can we close our eyes and bow our heads? Some of us need to recommit ourselves today. I'm not satisfied of just being a believer. I truly want to be a follower that's committed to whatever comes. I'm committed to my church, I'm committed to my body. I'm committed to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm committed to meditate and renew. I'm committed to love. I'm committed to forgive, even by faith. You said there, Father, that you're going to encourage me and inspire me, that I can be committed in everything I say and everything that I do. Lord, you know how fragile we are. That's why you're called our high priest that intercedes for our frailties and our weaknesses. But you are here because you're willing to, you're committed to getting us out where we are and bring us into where you are. You're committed to see our lives mature and grow. You're committed to pray for us that we're not going to fall down and fail, but we're going to run this race and we're going to make it. Lord, we're determined to declare and make vows today to commit our life, our soul, our body, our relationships, our words, our thoughts, to recommit it all to you today, Father. So if you're here today, every eye is closed, your head is bowed. If you're here today and you say, I need to commit my life to Jesus. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you've never done it before. But today's your day. I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. And I want you to commit to Jesus Christ. Commit to the one who committed to give his life to you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? I've got to commit today. I've got to recommit my life to Jesus. 
anyone at all God bless you sis I see that hand come on he committed everything for you he gave it all up he committed it he was committed to go to that cross to make sure that you would have a way out of hell on earth and hell of eternity anyone at all you need to recommit your life to Jesus commit your mind relationships God bless you sir God bless you young man anyone else today anyone else today I want to commit no matter what the cost this is the bride Christ is wanting to build this is the bride that is edified I want to follow him all the way I'm committed I'm committed in the face of the lion's den I'm committed I'm not going to lose my anointing I'm not going to lose my relationship with God not like Samson I'm not going to end in a life like that I'm going to be committed no matter what if you're willing to pay that price raise your hand anyone at all God bless you sir God bless you yes God bless you God bless you those who raise their hand, would you come up front, please? Would you come and stand? I know by what the Lord has showed me this week. I know that every one of us right now need to take time and recommit areas of our life. I just want to invite everyone, if you don't mind, would you just stand? And I want you to search your heart and your mind and your soul. I want you to search your life. Is there areas in my life that I'm not committed that I need to recommit today? anyone at all I want prayer warriors to come behind these precious people stand before them and intercede with them they're not alone you're not alone let's make this a solemn moment let's make this a holy moment let's make this an encounter with the most high God our Father and our Savior Jesus Christ let's commit let's recommit all of our lives. Let's crawl on the altar, living sacrifice to God. Anyone at all today. In fact, all of us, all of us, all of us, let's recommit. Let's declare before God a solemn vow. Put your hands upon your hearts, please. And just repeat this prayer because we believe with our heart. We confess and vow and commit with our mouth to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pray this prayer with me out loud. Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your Son to die in my place, to suffer for my punishments of sin. I believe that Jesus took the wrath that was for me and he paid the price for my wrongs and my sins Lord Jesus I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior forgive me forgive me of all of my sins cast them behind your back forever Jesus I believe you were committed to the cross the death the burial so that God will raise you up for me I accept your sacrifice 
And I commit my life as a living sacrifice to be fully pleasing and acceptable unto you. Forgive me of my laziness. Forgive me for carnality. Forgive me for living life as I please. Today, I commit to your will and your will only. Thank you, Father, that I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Father, bless my sister. Give her courage. Encourage. Influence. Build you up. You've received them before. You just want to re-give yourself to them. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Rebuild. 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 He's rebuilding. He's rebuilding. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Rebuilding, soldier. Rebuilding a life for Christ. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. One more time. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. One of the things I had up here. Hoorah! From the National Guard. This is the warrior's creed that they gave me. And it says, I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. And I will never leave a fallen comrade. Now that's commitment. And if the church can really truly become the army of the Lord, we're going to tell hell apart. And we're going to see God come to this city. But it takes commitment. God first in all that we do. Tonight, I'm starting a new area of discipleship. I want to invite you to come. Something God's put on my heart, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Don't forget, Wednesday night, we have our study on the book of Romans. If you didn't listen to the list last Wednesday, I guarantee you, better than any uh, casino in Shreveport, I guarantee you, you'd be blessed by the message Wednesday night, if you go back and listen to it. And then we're going to be here Sunday morning. It's 9.30, Sunday school, regular service, 10.30. We love you. We bless you. And Brother Jake, would you dismiss us? God bless you, saints. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your commitment, Lord, to us. Lord, even when we go our own way, Lord, and we do our own things, Lord, you're always there. When we cry out your name and we call upon you, you're there, ready to be whatever it is that we need you, Lord, to be. So today, God, we say that we are going to be whatever it is you want us to be. So we commit to you, Lord God. We are not quitters. There's not a quitter in this room, but Father, I thank you that we are all victors and overcomers and conquerors, Lord, by your blood and by your name. I ask you, God, to just be with each person, strengthen them, bless them today, Lord, as they go about and do their things, Lord. Bring them back tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory and honor. Everybody say amen.